Good morning, community, and welcome to Cafe Confessions. Before we get started, of course, I want to give you your trigger warnings. Me and Shalika are not glamorizing the sex industry in any way, shape, or form. We are just bringing awareness to it. Secondly, there will be a heavy use of language like prostitution, sex, rape, pimping in this episode, okay? So if that is something you're uncomfortable with, this episode may not be for you, and it's definitely not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. Please check out the array of other episodes that we have available for you guys, and if not, we will see you next Wednesday, okay? For those of you that are staying, let's go ahead and get the show started. Hey everyone, welcome back to Cafe Confessions. Uh, This is Shalika and my co-host here, Bree, hey Shay, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. You know, today, or not even today, this week has been extremely stressful and I am just so happy that it is the weekend and I have two days before I have to jump right back into that stress. But other than that, I'm okay. Um, Having a cook-off with Jay's family this week, not really looking forward to that because they're so competitive and I am so sensitive about my food, even though I know it's good, but it's like, I'm not on, you know, the next bake off or something. So it just feels weird to have people getting ready to judge my food, especially for no like monetary gain. So it's like, are we doing this to Mm. just be the best, you know? So (laughs) I'll keep you updated with that one. But what about you? How are you doing? Um, no, really quickly about that. I would, I feel like I would make a dish that I know in and out, but I would still mess it up because of nerves. Like I would really be like imagining, you know, that I was on top shop, top shop, top chef. And like, someone's like over me, like, and she's making a bolognese sauce (laughs) at eight minutes in and like, now I'm stressed out. And then no one's even watched me. I'm in my little kitchen in my apartment. And then I bring the food and I'm, fucking stressed because someone's judging it and I'm like this is not my best meal I swear to god you know because I couldn't get in my flow state so yeah it's kind of like off to you man it feels like Thanksgiving all over again like the amount of stress I put myself put on myself just to have one little side dish for Thanksgiving this year was too much (laughs) and now you want me to have a whole meal and it doesn't help that you know my boyfriend's brother um, his girlfriend is, I don't even know where she's from. I think she said she was Guamanian and maybe Filipino or something, or maybe Thai. I can't, I don't remember. But the food that she was talking about, I'm like, oh, this girl's about to win. Like I was thinking about some regular ass shredded beef tacos. Cause we're all supposed to make a, a beef dish. And she was talking about this Asian dish that she wants to bring. And I'm like, yeah, girl, you know, you got it. <laughs> go right ahead. Like, <laughs> go right ahead. Because <laughs> now she's was, just trying to get in your head. No shade. I think she's like, think she's so. on her competitive tip psychologically. She's like, okay, I got this. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. And so what are you making? Oh, really? That's cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, well, let me th- Um, You know, slightly cooked. You know, with three twenty five on three twenty five, I'm like, oh god, oh yeah, god. It, it was a generational generational recipe that I got down from my grandmother's grandmother. Who and it's like, dang, you putting it in my head already. First mm-hmm. of all, you just reminded me. That's exactly what she said. Oh, see, so, see I'm, I I know my see, third eye is already tingling, girl. She's in a, your head. That's all. Oh, it's supposed to be a regular ass thing, and y'all doing the most. Like, I'm very lucky if I don't just go out and buy something, buy some beef dish and 
pass it off as my own because right. I don't have the time. Like I don't have the mm-hmm. time. I don't. So, and I know somebody <laughs> was passing off them Hattie pies at one point in time as they own. They know, uh, man, man. <laughs> so this- you, can do it, you can do it. <laughs> do you know how greedy you have to be to be able to pinpoint that out? Like, hold up. <laughs> This is, this is this a patty pie. <laughs> you can chew on that no, stop. <laughs> I bring something. They're like, hold up, is this a number seven? Hmm. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. like pause. <laughs> Not sure with that chicken sandwich from oh, Burger <laughs> Hey, I looked it up and it was actually a number ten. Oh, it was, it was a number ten. You were close. You were yeah, close. I was close. I was, I was real close. <laughs> <laughs> but oh that's super funny i'm happy i'm sending you the best of luck i hope you go in there and you sweep them sweep yeah. them knock them out knock them dead yeah. <laughs> I, I hope so too I'll, I'll send i'll have to send you some pictures and let y'all know how it goes yeah please i'll be waiting patiently um but i'm a, i'm i'm interesting today oh, um okay. yeah um this topic that we're going to talk about uh weighed on me really heavy this week mm. In my research, I definitely did some shadow work and I wasn't expecting to do shadow work. I thought I was just going to, you know, talk about our experiences and just present this topic that we'll mention in a second, Um, just from a place of like love and care. But it ended up being some like stuff I had to face. And if you guys are not, you know, familiar with what shadow work is, Shadow work is when you work with your unconscious mind to uncover parts of yourself that you may be repressed or hide. Um, And this can include trauma, parts of your personality that you're subconsciously, you know, that you subconsciously consider undesirable. So Mm. I had to face some, some stuff. I had to do some mirror work as well. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. But if, if I sound a little heavy, you know, just give me some grace. Um, This was really a hard, hard week for me, for sure. I definitely will give you that grace and thank you for even being willing to talk about this. I know this is a very, very interesting topic and also telling us, you know, how you had to prepare for it. I think that's, Mm -hmm. that was beautifully said. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening y'all. And I appreciate you. I hope this one is, you know, reaches the people that needs to reach, but we of course have to introduce our famous drink. So what you Mm -hmm. drinking? (laughs) (sighs) I went to Trader Joe's. Oh, you know, that's my favorite spot. What did you get? I got so much stuff. I went in there for like, I think I went in there for something quick, maybe like a sandwich or something. Mm. Oh, no, I lied. I went in there for a case of water. One. Oh, yeah, they got the best spring water. Oh, yeah. The Twist spring water. I'm, um, also, I like their alkaline water. It's really, really mm-hmm. good. Love their water, honestly. Um, but they also have these like sparkling uh, drinks um sparkling juice beverages right so i've had the strawberry one i've had the watermelon one is it a can yeah so yes i love those they're so good right cute yeah (laughs) and um i got this one it's a green tea and pineapple it's not my favorite it's more so on the tart side i think right now um Honestly, straw. No, I lied. Watermelon is really winning. Like they, they have it, and I hope they bring that one back. But if it's not that one, the strawberry one is really good. And this is only the third one that I've tried. But also to say that Trader Joe's is a menace because I went in there and end up spending close to one hundred fifty dollars on stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. So 
they do girl i am a trader joe's hoe i call myself a trader hoe i i'm obsessed (laughs) i'm i'm very involved in trader joe's culture i am there every week i'm trying on new products and you know if you guys shop at trader joe's quick little side tip if you guys don't like a product you know you can take it back at any time even if even if no and i know you're probably like ah no, I'm not that kind of person. I've never taken anything back. I do have some um chicken dumplings, soup dumplings that I have bought and I had like a hyper fixation on them. And mm-hmm. like after my 10th box, I was like, I, oh, of I don't like these anymore. But I had six left. So that was in November. But best believe I will be saying, hey, Trader Joe's, you know, just not feeling it. I just keep forgetting. <laughs> they may be in there for another six months, but I will bring those back and I will get I will get my chicken gyozas like I like. And oh I'll go, God. yeah, that's my new hyperfixation. And I love the um orange chicken. Have you tried the uh, lemon chicken egg rolls? It's like lemongrass chicken. Yes, the spring rolls. Yeah. Um, I have those. I have had those. I love, what are my favorites right now? The chicken gyoza is like, Mwah. Um, I am still making the TikTok pasta. Don't judge with the feta cheese. And the don't, do it. don't do it. Don't I do love it. it. I love it. You don't like I- it? It, I love feta cheese. I love tomatoes, but I felt like it, both of them. It was just too acidic. Like it didn't mm, complement each other. Pasta. Yeah, I think um, maybe if it was like a different cheese, or maybe maybe not fresh tomatoes, but like maybe something else that was just a little bit sweeter. I think it would have been better. But um, I, listen, when it said feta, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm mm, on, on it. Mm-hmm. But it was just. It was wasn't given. Power. It was not given. Maybe I needed to add like some mozzarella into that feta mix or something. Yeah, it, it just I needed something to balance. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Trader Joe's is there for everybody. There is something there for you. I love the body products. We just got to do a whole little segment on Trader Joe's because I don't want to dive too deep because I can really get nerdy on here and talk about what products I'm waiting to come back, what products they done snatched and are yeah. never coming back. Um, but before we go on a tangent, I am drinking <laughs> for the first time ever. I am drinking a beer on, <laughs> oh <my laughs> on this podcast. That's how stressed I am. But but <laughs> Love the it, is, it is a Heineken Zero, y'all. So there's no alcohol in it. I am joining my friend in uh, dry April. It was no alcohol. Mm. I promised him that I would join him. So I am here with my substitute beer. Now, normally if I was on my shit, it would be like something crafted and like super luxurious. Shay knows I have my favorite local bar is actually a pub and um, it's a brewery. So I'll settle for my zero alcohol Heineken, y'all. I'm so sad that you are partaking in dry April when I'm about to see you. Like I've been waiting (laughs) for this moment. (laughs) waiting to get back to your brewery and now it's like oh actually but that's okay that's okay you know we can have fun that doesn't involve alcohol we sure can we sure can i know i know it's it's always one of those things when i take a break from alcohol i'm like damn no but it's just like (laughs) my body's like thank you you know Mm -hmm. so but like we said we're doing segments and we have a segment today called Tea over tea. Okay. Tea, tea over, over tea. tea is for current events and pop culture. This is all things tea. Okay. And Shay really wanted to talk about something that swept the nation <laughs> by storm. Swept the nation. <laughs> Not slapped the nation. <laughs> slapped the nation. 
by surprise. Oh, go ahead. Uh, let me hear you. Oh, okay. So, you know, if you haven't heard about this whole Will Smith, Chris Rock, Jada Pickett Smith situation, then where have you been? I know by the time you hear this, you'll probably be like, I am so tired of hearing about the situation. <laughs> but, you know, I'm really having mixed feelings about it. And I kind of just want to explain why. I feel like Will could have handled that situation better only because that slap, that moment of anger took away from such a big moment in not only his life, but other people that were there accepting their award awards for the first time. Do I believe there should have been some sort of repercussion for what Chris Rock said? Absolutely. Do I give him, do I give Will grace for acting as a human? Absolutely. I'm really tired of people saying like, oh, I'm, I'm so scared to do comedy now. What if people are going to come up on the stage and hit me? And if they were going to do this, they would have done that. That's not Will's responsibility. And that's not his fault. And I just felt like, you know, Chris, you had that coming to you. This is the second time that you chose the Oscars to humiliate Jada Pinkett Smith. The second time. I get it. You're a comedian, but... You don't know how to do comedy that doesn't revolve around putting people down and under the guise of a joke. Mm, in front of their peers and in friends. In front of their peers. Mm. In front of their peers. <clears throat> and I know a lot of people are saying that, oh, well, what if he didn't know? It's not even about that. It's about the fact that you chose that moment to put down this person. And to me, it just, to me, he just came off as a bully. And I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when he's, like I said, I'm not condoning violence and I felt like Will could have handled it handled it a different way, but I felt like he did he did show some uh restraint. Like he really just pimp slapped you. He didn't he didn't, you know, cock back and knock you out. Happy that he didn't. Mm -hmm. I feel like yes, you might have got a little bit of his frustration from everything else that has been happening, everything else that's been happening amongst like him and Jada. Uh, between, you know, the entanglement situation, people constantly making a joke out of you and your relationship. But in that moment, he probably saw his woman and saw the hurt on her eyes and, and decided mm -hmm. I have to do something about it. So I give Will Grace. I, I do feel like I do wish he would have handled it a different way. Um, I'm I wish that, you know, that night would have went on and, you know, you know, they were they would have talked about, you know, everything that Will has worked for leading up to this moment instead of weeks and weeks and weeks, or not even weeks, I'm sorry, days and days of Chris being smacked. Chris being smacked and he's the victim here and no one went to go check on him. No, check yourself before you get on this very white platform and decide to talk down to people. Mm -hmm. Check yourself. You weren't the host, you were just presenting an award. And I get it. If they're hiring a comedian, they're hiring someone to come out there and be funny. Then be funny. You don't have to be harmful or hurtful to be funny. Mm -hmm. like, so that is my tea over tea. And I really felt more like a venti, if anything. But <laughs> Oh, that's I our other segment where we talk yes. about things that we want to bitch and moan about. Um, so, yeah, this was a great tea over tea. I agree, you know, with you. And I'm. I haven't, I've slapped many people in my day and, um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I have slapped many people in my day. And, and, you know, that was me who was struggling with some stuff, unhealed mm-hmm. me. I had to deal with the consequences. So, you know, Will is going to survive. Yeah. Smacking somebody up. But I have survived. I am still here doing this podcast. Was it on a global stage? No. But it was in high school on a global stage. And, you know, when it happens in high school, it spreads like wildfire. Exactly. So um, <laughs> I know that Will will be fine. But... I just personally feel like this is a lesson to Chris Rock. You know, you don't know what Jada Pinkett was saying at home before coming out. As a woman who has my own issues with my hair and has struggled even now with my locks, our connection to our hair as black women is so deep and so rooted in self-consciousness. You don't get a chance to just be like, I feel 100% comfortable, especially being a bald woman. Stepping out really for the first time at a major event with this new hairdo after struggling with an autoimmune disease and dealing with that probably depression and loss and grief for her hair. And then you get up there and you want to just kind of blend into the walls, maybe because you're feeling insecure, but you got to look like you're strong. And then somebody points at you in front of millions of people on television and all your friends and says that. And I mean, Shay has had a big chop. I don't know how you felt about your big chop if there was any insecurities in that. You know, even, yeah, and imagine if you just got your hair cut and it was fresh and you go to an event and someone says something like that to you and you're already struggling with your inner battle. I feel like, you know, it happened and it happened for a reason. And hopefully you guys learn from bullying folks. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not mad at you for your opinion at all. I ain't mad at nobody. No, no, you know, no meat off my penis. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even have a penis. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to say something else, but it came out penis. I was trying to say I have, I have no skin in the game, and I don't know why that came out, but whatever. I'll leave it in there. I won't cut it. So we're talking today about some heavy stuff, y'all. This conversation is about sex work and sex workers. Um, mainly, we'll be talking about prostitution, you know, because there's a lot of different sex work, and I just want to kind of narrow it down to where we're going. I understand that this might be a little controversial, a little unexpected, unwarranted, but I assure you this is necessary and we'll get into why. Before we even start the conversation, I want to set an intention because this is a heavy topic. This is actually dedicated to all my people out there who are working in the sex industry. This is dedicated to all the little girls and the little boys out there who've grown up in a space that was filled with sex workers and that was their environment and their norm, like myself. This is dedicated to not make anyone feel judged or shamed. It's honestly to honor the work that you guys have done to show and bring awareness and have some respect for the work that you guys do and are still doing and to maybe help change some perspectives about the culture. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and start the show. Let's start the show. I'm Bree. And I'm Shalika. And we are two long-term friends who get together once a week to chat over coffee or tea. Join us as we talk about all things black, white, and in between with With Cafe Cafe Confessions. Confessions. All right, we are back, and the topic is sex work. So, Bree, why did you choose to discuss sex work on today's episode? Um, mainly, one, I want to bring awareness. 
to the culture, like I said, to the work that people are doing. The second thing is I've noticed that 304 talk has been going viral. And if you guys don't know what 304 means, it's code word for ho. So when you type in 304 in a calculator and you turn it upside down, it says ho. And that's where they, that's their code lingo for like prostitution and ho. Um, So 304 talk has been going viral. And it's a lot of women who have never even interacted with sex workers who just kind of like to watch, you know, them do their work or like get ready or like be on stripper talk. This was a part of my childhood. You know, if you guys don't know, I'm from Pomona, California, which is a huge <laughs> part of pimping and hoeing. I'm, I'm even getting emotional now just saying that. But it was a big part of my life, what I've seen growing up. And I feel like we cannot admire without giving respect to the struggle. It's not all entertainment. So I wanted to just bring light to this to this culture it's a part of culture, our culture, black culture. Yeah. And you could d- disagree with me if you want to, but I feel like the music we listen to, fashion inspired by pimps, inspired by, you know, providers. I'm not going to, you know, say ho too much. Movies, Hustle and Flow, Zola. We know Friday, yeah. Money Mike. We all yeah. laugh at him, you know, and then games, Grand Theft Auto. How many of you guys play that game? Right. How many times have you guys made a prostitute dance for you in the strip <laughs> club or have sex with you with the extras? So you can't enjoy all of that and not respect the hustle, respect the game where it comes from. And that's what we're here to do today. What about you, Shay? Yeah. I One thing about me, I will say I'm just ready to learn more about how you feel about sex work and like the things that you've seen, because, you know, like you mentioned, this has been a part of your life. For me, I feel like I've been a spectator. I've mm-hmm. had people, I've known a couple people who have been involved with it, but I've never truly been involved with myself. But I have been the person to listen to quote unquote pimp music and kind of vibe with that, even though that's not that's not the lifestyle that I've ever been involved in. So uh, yeah, you know, I know we're going to get into it some more later, but mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Okay, me too. I'm excited to get into it. And you guys, um, I will say to you, Shay, before I speak to the audience, I want you to inquire if you have questions, because I'm gonna ask you, you know, if if I need more clarification, or if I want a better understanding. Mm-hmm. So if I use a, a term or um, a lingo that you're probably not familiar with, like, please ask me so I can explain it because somebody else may need to know. And um, to the audience, you know, I'm just going to ask for your patience with me. This is something that I'm very nervous talking about. I'm very afraid of being uh, judged about this topic and where I stand and my biases simply because it's really, a, like I said, a part of where I came from yeah. and I can't help that. And it's easy for me to be like, oh, I'm spiritual and like love and light. But like you got to go through some darkness to get to that light sometimes. And I don't think it would be fair to talk about any spiritual journey or say, hey, y'all could y'all could work through some some real trauma without talking about that trauma, without sharing that. So Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to sit up here and pretend to be something that I'm not. You know, I have a past. I have my own insecurities, my own issues, my own flaws. And I'm not just trying to give y'all the all the good, you know, so you guys might disagree with me and I'm okay with that. But just know this is from a place of love and gentleness. And I'm not here to hurt anyone's feelings or make anyone uncomfortable. Let's get into it. My first question to you, Shay, what is sex work? So sex work is defined um, as adults who receive money or goods in exchange for consensual sex. 
sexual services or erotic performances, either regularly or occasionally. Mm, that's a great definition. <laughs> it is, right? <laughs> that's great to it. I like that they mentioned consensual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's 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 a big part of it. Yeah, let's yeah. talk. We're gonna get into that for yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah, consensual, y'all. Like key in on that, okay? Mm-hmm. So whenever you refer, like I don't agree, is it consensual? What we're talking about, right? Exactly. Therefore, you got to kind of use your adult brain and say, if it was consensual, can we really judge? <laughs> okay. So uh, just jumping into the next thing, what interests you the most about sex work or sex workers? Um, realistically, what interests me the most is my, my childhood and my past and how I want to say my childhood, it really came into like learning about sex work when I was in middle school Mm. being, that was a part of my environment. Like I said, you guys, I grew up in Pomona and a lot, a lot isn't really going down in Pomona besides like (laughs) Holland and the fair. Um, (laughs) that's what we're really (laughs) famous for. You know, if you guys ever been to LA County fair, like that's in Pomona. Um, so those are our two things in Sugar Shane Mosley and Sugar oh, Free. There you go. Okay. Okay. Well, I, well, he's in, <laughs> I have a whole little segment on him. But yeah, like this is Pomona culture. For me, it was just normal. So there's a space that I feel exists um, after doing this research where there's people who are, you know, in the game. And when I say the game, like that refers to like the actual game of like sex work and prostitution and pimping, whatever the game is. Right. And I'll explain that later on, but people who are in the game and then people who are squares, people who are not involved in any type of sex work at all, not even considered like tricking on women. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause tricks are in the game too. Um, clients. When I say tricks. Okay, I was just about okay. to find that. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. still struggle with that because when I hear tricking, I'm like, so what is, you know, the trick a client is a trick, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. That is, a okay. trick is anyone that solicits, you know, a woman for a sexual favor or okay. act. So, you know, you have all these people in the game and you have squares who, and when I say squares, it's not supposed to be like offensive. I'm, I'm a square, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not in sex work. But there's a third space that I think really exists in between these two opposing views, which are people who are close to the environment, people who are not new to it. You know, like they they grew up with it like me. It's like this mm-hmm. third space of like, I'm a square, but like, I kind of know what's going on. You know what I mean? So I I feel like this one is really dedicated to other people like me, other men and women who are in that middle space between being a square and being in the game. Um, Also the psychology. I've always been very curious about like how the mind works. I love psychology. It's one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Um, And I always ask myself like, you know, what's that person's story? How did they get involved in this? What happened? You know what? Not necessarily what happened, but why did they choose this life? Because it's not always about what happened. We can't just be so judgmental. Also for me, it was a a very thin line between like what route I could have went like my path, (laughs) you know, and that's no shade. My dad wasn't in my life. It's an important factor um, for young women to have their fathers in their life and have that guidance. So yeah, I I feel like this is why I was interested. I don't want to give too much away too soon. What about you? What interests you about it? Honestly, you really touched on everything. It's interesting to know that we've had similar interests as far as sex work uh, around sex work and sex workers, because I was the same way. I and still am. You know, I always think to the why, the how. How did you really get into this? Like, why are you still in this? Is this a long term thing? Is this, you know, like what's your story? I always want to know the story, and but I also feel like there's a bravery around getting into sex work because. 
you have mm-hmm. to have thicker skin, you know, that's yeah. not something that you could just get into. And mentally, I don't think that you would be okay. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know if that's more so a bias, which we'll talk about in a second, but yeah, I, I was always curious as to know why, why, what, what, what led you here? You know? And I think as a, as a women, especially right. And women in the game, like you're kind of like, okay, like you, like you said, you got to have a tougher skin. You got to have a little bit more courage. Let's talk about confidence. Let's talk about feeling yeah. empowered enough yeah. to do it, you know, put yourself in these spaces and predicaments. Like that's a lot of confidence in that. I completely agree with you, but I do. I am curious. What were your biases, you know, towards sex work or people who partake in sex work? I would always think that there was some sort of issue that went on in the home. Maybe there was some daddy issues going on. And I, let me not just say daddy issues, but it could be like a real a parental type of issue. Um, it just really goes back to the why. I also felt sorry for those people, like mm-hmm. as if they didn't have a choice. That this, it wasn't consensual. Them being in this was a life that was kind of presented to them as an only option. Today, I can, I can see that that's not always the case, but a part of me still wonders the why. The why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I think that's valid. And I feel like when you're speaking for people in that first space that I talked about, you know, not being involved really or growing up next to it. So to you, it was kind of like this outside thing. So it's easy to, and I'm not saying your thoughts are wrong because they, they aren't. Sometimes it's just, we don't know. And my biases are, <laughs> I'm not trying to laugh, but like, they're so completely different. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Like me and Shay may not agree on this conversation and I'm, I'm, I receive that. I'm open to that. So please push back on me because girl, I want, I want to get it out. You know, like you speaking for the people too, who are like, absolutely not, you know, and I'm not saying that you feel that way, but my biases is one, I'm pro ho. I will say that (laughs) I'm all about a woman getting her money, right. Consensually, freely, choosingly. I don't judge. I, I have no bias on like what you do with your body from this point forward i'm gonna try not to say the word hoe i'm gonna try not to say the word prostitute i'm for the sake of the conversation because that's probably hard on people's ears like your hoe prostitute you hear bitch and it's like ah Mm -hmm. my bible where is it at Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. my ears (laughs) i want to say providers from this point forward i'm gonna say providers provider providers of any type of sex work or sexual service so i'm pro provider i believe that um sex work is old as dirt and it has been around for centuries long before we can even imagine so i really feel like there's really nothing that i can say or do to change the fact that sex work will be around till i turn to dust right so i try not to judge because you know what other people do consensually as adults it's not my business and then in some cases i truly believe prostitute excuse me providing is necessary hear me out before y'all cancel it <laughs> podcast and run out <laughs> one of my best friends his uncle has autism and he would solicit providers to fulfill his desires when we were a kid i was kind of like for me like i was like cool whatever like yeah. i'm used to it but my other friends were kind of like, that's crazy. Like, I don't see it. But I'm like, think about this man who has probably a harder time connecting and building relationships, right? Us as able-bodied people, like, it's easy for us to fall into that trap of like, oh, I can do it. You can do it. Some people really don't have the skills. Yeah. Some people really don't have the confidence. Okay. And I, I did a project on prostitution. I'm going to say it here in college. 
And it was about decriminalizing and legalizing prostitution. And that was one of the points that I made that when you're thinking about somebody who has, let's say, a severe disability where they have a caretaker and they can't walk or they can't get out of bed and they're depending on their caretaker providers for everything. Do you think if you had a child that you would be, you know, just subconsciously thinking about their sexual desires? Like as a parent or a caretaker, you're just trying to make sure that they're fed, warm, comfortable. Right. We're not thinking about do they need to release sexual tension? Right. You know, so there was a case um, where a man, you know, was fighting his case because he got caught up with a, a, a provider, but he fought his case that he was disabled. And this was the only way for him to reach that space. So when we think about it, we got to think about all the things. And I'm not, you know, trying to convince nobody. This is one, I should have said this. We are not glamorizing sex work. Okay. I am not, this is not, even though I am pro ho, I am not telling y'all go out there and sell your, you know, whatever and do whatever. No, absolutely. I would never tell anyone to do that, you know, but if you choose to, I'm just letting you know I'm not judging you. Okay. So that's it. Um, sorry, I don't want to work on <laughs> I may talk a lot on this one, so I apologize now. No, I mean I I absolutely expect it because you just have a little bit more experience than me on this subject. So I think it's nice. And I think it's nice talking to someone that's coming from a very neutral standpoint, even though that you are pro pro ho. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and not to say that I'm not. I don't feel like even though I present as very prudish, like I whatever you got going on is your business. Like I just may ask you questions about it because I'm I'm nosy and curious. But no. whatever you do is you. You are actually <laughs> you're not prudish. People hear me talk about sex, but they don't know. Like I'm actually very prudish too when it comes to like <laughs> sexual partners. Like I'm free about talking about sex, but please, like if I said how many men I've been with, you'll probably run out the door. People think I'm like so sexually liberated. And I'm like, ma'am, I don't even need, <laughs> I, don't, I barely need one hand to count how many men I've been with, you know? So <laughs> please don't think for a second, like I'm out here just like, hey, no, wait, that's not the case. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, it's okay. So uh, next, I just wanted to ask you, um, have you ever met a sex worker? And what was your relation to them? Yeah, I have met plenty of people in the game, probably met about six pimps. Wow. Yeah, probably met about six pimps. This doesn't even include people who are aspiring to be pimps Mm. or curious about it. This is just people I actually knew that were already in the lifestyle. I know, or I knew, I should say, about eight to 10 providers. And this was in high school. And I met a couple as adults, but like as I left school, we kind of went our separate ways and I didn't live in Pomona anymore. So I'm pretty sure if I would have stayed in Pomona, you know, until now, I probably would have met many more. Um, Definitely knew a couple strippers too. Two porn stars. We actually had a porn star who actually did really, she's doing really good right now. I'm not going to put her business out there, but she graduated from our school. I know personally, I knew a few pimps. Uh, One pimp actually did my damn foot tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was up there yeah he did my foot tattoo and like him and his you know provider his his lady whatever you want to call her she was right beside him and it was just like hey girl how you doing like you know normal yeah what about you two i've met two people one was one who was a provider in high school actually and this chick was so cool she still is to this day I don't think that she's in that lifestyle anymore but we haven't had a conversation really since 
the beginning of college, but this chick was, that was my homie. Like we were about to go to the Navy together and she was very deep into that life, but you wouldn't know unless she told you. Mm-hmm. But I, I think uh, when I think back to her, like all I have is nothing but good memories because she was just a real cool ass person. I was going to ask you, you know, did you ever judge her for her, her work? No, nah, no, not that I, I mean, I would hope that if she ever listened to this and she felt that I did judge her, that she would call me out on it. I don't feel like I ever judged her in doing that. And she never presented it to me as if she wanted me to get involved in that. Like we, our friendship was our friendship and she just so happened to be a sex worker. Got it. You know, like we, we built a solid relationship. I kind of just respected, I respected her and not necessarily because she was a a sex worker, but just because of the person that she was. So her doing that, it didn't really make me bat an eye, but it just played into that. Why is she doing this? You know, in high school, you know, I grew up is like semi-suburban. So, you know, quote unquote, she had this on paper, good life. She had two parent households. She had all of these good things going for her. So why was she in this life? And that's not a conversation that we ever truly got in. So I don't want to make those assumptions. I don't really know what happened in her home life, but, or if it was even that, I just know that to me, it felt like there was something that she was missing. That's how she got into that work. But again, I don't want to make that assumption. And if you are listening to this, I would love to hear your feedback on it um if you're listening to this hello i'm so (laughs) glad to have known you through this space and thank you you know for leaving such a great impact on shay that's amazing yeah she she is i don't want to say was she is a great person the second person that i met introduced me to webcam girls okay yeah so that was her version of sex work Mm, uh we met that we met this person together Mm -hmm. okay We had a rocky start at first, mm-hmm. so <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that was shady. <laughs> we definitely had a rocky start, but it didn't have to do with her being in sex work. I think, um, I think she suffered from social anxiety, and I think that's what she said. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't get it. So I had my own opinions about it. Like, how can you be in sex work but you suffer from social anxiety? Mm-hmm. And I know that's a conversation for another day, but we do really need to learn how to separate the two. Mm, what you're, no, I'm thinking about Summer Walker. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, what someone's comfortable doing in their own home and, you know, putting it out there, but not really having to hear your opinions unless they so choose yeah. is one thing. But getting in front of people and having to interact and having mm-hmm. to, you know, connect with people. That's a whole other issue that, you know, you were talking about it earlier too. So yeah, she, she introduced me to the whole webcam girl thing, but those were the only two people that I, that actually admitted to me that they right. were in sex work. Cause I'm sure there were some other people. <laughs> no, there's someone that's coming to mind. I ain't going to out her though. Okay. I ain't going to out her, but there's, I mean, I, you know what? I'll say this. Like, I definitely feel like I have, sometimes I have a keen eye like I can just see some shit that mm-hmm. people can't see. And like, I don't speak on it cause it's, it's rude. Like to just assume, you know, but like my intuition will tell me. And yeah. there was definitely somebody that I was like, bing, 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 bing. so if I say something, you could give me like a peace sign up. Okay. If it is a person, tell but th- does this have to deal with someone dating older men? Yes. Okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's definitely some sex work going on yeah. here. So, no. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're like, too just much. because you high class don't mean anything. Don't mean, yeah, yeah mean, thank you. Yeah, you're right yeah, there with no, everybody else. And you know, yep. I'm pro ho, so like, get your get your bands, but mm-hmm. um. Don't be trying to pretend like your bands is coming from, you know, mm-hmm. trust funds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that right there, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. You ain't about to say, no. That, I mean, it's <laughs> not my business. Like, I'm not judging. But, like, women who do that, it's like, you you out here in the business. You know what you're doing. Don't try to cover it up and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm rich. Or, like, I got all this. Like, yeah. that's not fair, you know, right. to other people who are like, well, dang, I'm doing the same work as you, but you're stigmatizing me. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're praising you because you, you know, you got this imaginary trust fund um, and the trust fund is in your panty. So come on now. (laughs) As far as, you know, me and like, would I ever participate in any kind of sex work or have ever been approached? I don't like to use the word never. I feel like using an indefinite is like setting you up for failure. Yeah. Because you never know. And I, I mean, I would prefer myself to say that I would like to not have to participate in that. But Speaking on, you know, I'm trying to speak that into my life, but I definitely have not been a participant, but participant uh, willingly. Mm-hmm. I was thrown into a situation <laughs> where I was at a party and I was with some of my really good guy friends and I trust them. And I was with, you know, it was probably like 10 of us. And they, the guys just kept like going in and out the garage. And I'm like, okay, like what's going on? You know, and they're like, oh, you want to see something? And I'm like, yeah, but you ever seen, um, you want to see a dead body? You know, yes. Yes. what's that boys in the hood? <laughs> that does not sound good. You want to see something? No, no. That's how you get set up. That's how you get killed, Bree. That's how you see some shit that you're not prepared to see. No, but I trusted these, I grew up with these guys. So I was like, I didn't know what, I don't know. I just didn't know what to expect. I thought it was going to be like a lizard or something and like, okay. <laughs> Like a, all these people going in and out the garage to see a lizard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can make me use the bathroom by myself. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, shake it on my nerves, dude. Okay. So anyway, you're like, you want to see something? So me and all my homegirls was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So we go in this garage and it's dark as hell. It's not a single light on. So I'm over here thinking like, oh, they on some spooky shit. Like, you know, like they trying to scare us. And then I see like a whole bunch of phone lights come on. Yeah, it was just this girl just going to town. She was performing f- fellatio on like 10 dudes. Mm. And it was just like back to back, pop, pop, pop. Like, and I was like, okay, like, you know, that's how y'all get down over here. Cause it wasn't the person's house wasn't like my closest friend. It was just yeah. I went over there with my closest friends. Yeah. So I didn't want to be disrespectful. Um, after that, you know, I looked at my friend at the time, she was kind of like traumatized. I could see it in her face. And I was like, are you good? And she was just like, you know, we need to do something. Like we need to save her. And in hindsight, like I can understand like someone who's never been exposed to that lifestyle, believing like you have a choice to save a person who is involved in that. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, you, you can't, you can't just walk into someone's house and be like, Hey, yeah. Get up out of here. Like, I'm with me. <laughs> like, no. Stand up. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way, man. And especially it was her pimp's house. So it's like, that's disrespectful to that man and, and his work and her. I'm not about to interfere with y'all relationship. You don't know what kind of relationship they got going on. You don't know what so, type of man that was. Like, I, exactly. I don't, I don't know what he would have said, what he would have done. 
me and her kind of, you know, fell out about it because she was just like, you know, I just feel like you're wrong as hell for condoning that. And I was like, it's not that I'm condoning it, but that's her life. She chose it. I can't change it. And that's when I realized like, okay, you know, like everyone is not used to this. Like everyone hasn't even heard about it, let alone seen it. Yeah. And that was the first time I had this this eye opening moment. But I was also really offended and I was really hurt and I felt abandoned because, you know, she stopped talking to me for four months. And it was kind of like you kind of judged me based on something somebody else was doing because this is my environment. These are my folks, my people like I can't control the environment that I came from. But I get that you could feel a type of way about it. But you can't make that a reflection of everything that I stand for and who I am as a person but i have been approached you know by a few pimps and um i was also approached by a porn star that went to our school to be like you should you know the money's good not that she was coming for me just because it was me but she was just like the money's good you know if you like it i love it and i was like oh, i'm good and she didn't solicit she didn't solicit anymore but the first time i was approached by a pimp it was in middle school he was in high school i didn't really know what was going on i was just kind of like okay like you want to hang out with me? Like I'm in the seventh grade. Like you're in the 10th grade. Like why? And then I got a phone call from his girl who was really, you know, working for him. And she was kind of like, don't ever call my man again, you know, like back up off my man. And like, I never called him. He called me. I don't even know how he got my number. Like, and then when I, in 2020 hindsight, so when I look back at it, he was working the system to get to me like it was a uh, kind of predatorial this is a young girl in seventh grade i'm in the 10th grade even though we're both minors it was like give me her phone number give me her phone number now you're soliciting me and that's how it's always gone every time i've been approached by a pimp it's kind of always been the same tactic the second time i was approached is when i was in high school dude was in my grade and he was just like you know i'm your secret admirer he got my phone number from somebody and he was just like texting me like i'm your secret admirer like let me holla at you you know and i'm like who is this like what you talking about and he was just like i want to take you on a date and you know just like loving on me and i'm like i don't even know who this person is and you got my phone number i'm kind of weirded out yeah by it he ended up going to jail a couple weeks after that for something i'm not gonna say on camera he would write and in the letter he was telling me like you know this is what i want to do like when i get out like when you get out when (laughs) let that dream go like you're toast (laughs) what do you mean when you get out and on top of that i was just kind of like yeah i'm not into that you know like you you better try to plant your seed somewhere else because for Mm -hmm. one i don't do jail and for two i don't do that but i had to think about it and this is where my shadow work came in and i'm sorry if i'm talking so much where did men in that space feel comfortable asking me that and i didn't have my dad in my life my dad he did the best that he could with the deck of cards he had And I had to work through a lot of stuff with my father and him not being present. But younger me was acting from a place of true desperation. And I feel like we don't talk enough about how important women, how important it is for women to have a father figure in their life. And it's not even just important for that person. It's important for other men to know that you have a dad because they can exploit that. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, picking up on insecurities, like how you carry yourself. Are you shy, you know, like, and I wasn't. I wasn't super confident in school. And I just I just felt like I gave off energy that like I needed guidance a little bit. And I feel like these men kind of picked up on that. And, you know, my mom was a single mom and I love my mom, but she can only teach me what she knows. Like she's not a man. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just interesting. So I'm gonna get more into that, but I'll I'll leave it there for right now. Um, I kind of wanted to answer this too. It's just another thing. I know I said it earlier that you know the friend that I had in high school, 
She never approached me. She never tried to get me into that lifestyle. If anything, her stories kind of made it like some of the experiences she had helped me stay away from that. The type of people you probably envision a provider linking up with to provide and the type of people that she would describe uh, having encounters with scared me. Mm. It scared mm-hmm. me. And then the uh, the ideas of what could happen in mm-hmm. those sessions scared me. So mm. on top of her not saying it, just her sharing her stories was like, this isn't for me. I have had a curiosity to do like kink videos. Oh. That don't have like, let me, let me clarify. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have maybe like feet videos or something, okay. you know, no, uh, you're not going to see my face in it. Only, I think also because I'm not that comfortable or confident in my body. So I just don't see myself just showing it all on camera. I, d- I don't see that for myself. And you don't have to see my face. And this is something you're into. Yeah, I'll rub some lotion on these things. I okay. sure will. You know, <laughs> okay. get in between all the toes <laughs> just for you. You want me to dip them in water? I'll do all of that. Um, because I'm sure the money is good. And I, I think that's what <laughs> I'm sure that's the biggest motivation. It's like the money. So I mean, I'm not, I would do it. I would try it out. You know what? I'm so glad you said that because I'm just out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, um, I was down bad. I was down bad a while ago. And I was like, you know what? What can I do to get some funds up in here? And, um, <laughs> I started looking into how to sell my panties. And <laughs> there's, this, <laughs> there's this website called Sniff. And I was like, I was like, okay, like, you know, could I do this? Like, and then I really started like researching it and figured out like it was more than just like wearing a pair of panties. Like people wanted you to wear them for days. Oh. And like, you know, do some weird stuff, like have certain moments during the month on them and you know, not shower for a week and keep them on. And just, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. You know, I thought it was just going to be a one and done, like wear them and ship them. But y'all over here, <laughs> no, <laughs> too much. <laughs> People are going to be like, you guys are so bizarre. <laughs> I do not. I'm really not trying to judge. But what the fuck? Like, you want to do what? You said, I'm not trying to judge. But what the fuck? <laughs> Yes, what? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry if you if any of you have ever done this, can you please just write in or leave a voicemail because I want to know how this went and how you felt because let me tell you, the first time I I don't even know if I want to release this confession, but like <laughs> my first boyfriend, like my first real boyfriend, my first sex, I should say, used to sniff my underwear. Mm. And I thought that nigga was really, I really did. I don't, I didn't, maybe because I've just been very, I was a late bloomer. I started sex late and it made me, sex was already uncomfortable for me. Like just in everything, like just being that naked, physically naked, like vulnerable, all of that. Mm -hmm. So to see that I was like, he was, he was Spanish. So I'm not gonna lie to you. I was like, is this a Spanish thing? Like (laughs) that was just a him thing. And like, it's definitely other men. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that. And then I remember seeing, I was watching an episode a while ago. This was a long time ago, not even a while. But I was watching an episode of Orange is the New Black. And I remember there was a scene where she, I don't know, one of the, not, it wasn't a guard. It was like another prisoner. But they were in like a co-ed, co-ed facility. He had asked for her underwear. 
and he was he like his character was supposed to be like creepy and like yeah the longer you've been in them the better so like seeing that and thinking (laughs) about my ex i'm just like yeah weirdo behavior you know (laughs) but it might be (laughs) no no disrespect to any of the panty sniffers or anyone any chick that enjoys that you know that is your business (laughs) i just thought it just made me uncomfortable. So and you I, know I, I don't want to judge. Hey, that's given consent, right? If you mm-hmm. walked in and somebody was sniffing your panties, you're like, I don't like that. Don't do that again, please. <laughs> you know, he has to respect it. Yes. You know, like, whatever. It's just like, that's your preference. And that's what makes you uncomfortable. What makes you comfortable is somebody not sniffing your panties. Like, you, you have the right to feel that way. Yeah. That's not your kink. That's not your thing. Like, don't do it to me. So because I would not be out here smelling your drawers. Like I would, I just would not do that. It's just something so just interesting. Like when I be, you know, catching okay. people, I ain't gonna put nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't put nobody's business out there. But yeah, when I catch people, I'm like, oh shit, okay. Like you really fuck with me, huh? Right, and I get that. It's not even. Let me. <laughs> Let me just say that there, again, I want to reiterate, there is no judgment in it. And I feel like it could oh, no. be a very sexy thing, but how he was doing it wasn't sexy. Mm-hmm. And how the person on the TV, <laughs> it was. And it was just kind of like, I don't know. It was just, I don't know. It was, um, it kind of creeped me out. I'm not going to lie to you. And then just to see that dude on TV do it and how he creeped me out. Just validated. By how he was doing it. It just, kinda, yeah, it validated it. And I'm like, that's exactly how he was doing it. This is weird to me. This is not something I wasn't grown at the time either. I feel like maybe, no, nah, I'm not going to lie. Maybe if it happened now, I, I would still think back to that. And it, he just, it was just yeah. a negative thought. So yeah, he, he just, it. he just stained. He just stained He's, it for yeah. you. It's just, but, uh, it's burnt. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's it's gone. It's absolutely gone. Like, but again, no, no judgment. No, no, judgment, no. Nothing. But that's a part of it, Shay. Like I want you. You know, I hear you. And of course, we're not judging nobody. But that's your truth. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to apologize to me. And I like that we have two pers- two different perspectives on it, and yeah. we're coexisting in the same space. And like. It's all love and light. But I mean, I think it was on you. I think we're moving into our relationship segment. Okay. Have you ever paid for sex or know someone that has? I have never paid for sex with cash. Mm -hmm. And when I say I've never paid for sex with cash, what I mean is like, what is really paying for sex? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, what do we all get out of sex? Like, I feel like it's always an exchange of something. I definitely feel like I've exchanged in my prior, you know, sexual experiences, companionship or like Mm -hmm. the need for like belonging and uh, the feeling of like love. Like when I was first coming up as a young girl, um, stepping into like womanhood and, and having my first experiences, like I was, I was, I didn't know. I didn't know. I just thought every time you were having sex with someone, you were making love to somebody. Yeah. And like, boy, was I wrong, you know? Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <clears throat> I feel like all women co- kind of go through that phase of like, oh my God, you know, we're in love. And it's just like, mm-hmm. now nah, you in love, girl. Are you in love? <laughs> he, on, he on to the next, you know? Yeah. So yep. how, do I know someone that has paid for sex? Yeah. An ex of mine, shit. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm, he should be paying for sex, but, you know, I heard some things. I heard that there was some licks ran on some providers and services were provided and money was not given and i was like damn if you don't pay these women for their hard work like i mean i didn't judge them for doing this 
thing, but it was just kind of like, pay them right. now. Now yeah. you, now you shady. Yeah. Now yeah. you want some other stuff, and like mm-hmm. that's why we don't talk no more. You know, but. Are you yeah. still in sex, basically? <laughs> if you don't get you a bottle of Juggins and a good, yes. a good old seat on your couch and call it a night, if you don't sit down somewhere, like <laughs> you gotta be, you have to be real low, like low on funds to do that. To call someone up for a service and then that's like <laughs> that's like running off with some food. <laughs> Like what is wrong with you? No, for real. Wow. (laughs) Um, so I've never paid for sex, but in cash, like you said. So I agree with you on that. I've I've definitely have used sex as a way to maybe try and keep a relationship or start a relationship. Um, definitely have done that. But I do know someone that has paid for sex. This was a a guy friend of mine, he would tell me he, this, we started to get close. And I just remember one day we're out, <laughs> we're out eating sushi and he's telling me about his experience in Colombia and just the amount of women that he slept with out there. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of, I hate to say that I judged him, but I judged him. I don't know. I think that kind of plays into the bias thing. It's like, if you were to see him, you would think, Oh, this man can get whoever he wants. He's this attractive dude, which he was. He was out here doing that. But when he mentioned having sex with these people overseas, and maybe he kind of shied away when I asked him if he was protected, to Mm. me, I was like, so you're not even, you just dirty. Like, you're not even trying to protect yourself. You don't even know like what you could have, you know, these people are doing this, like this is their livelihood. The way he described it, it was like a corner field, not even a corner, but like a block filled with people. And this is something that you and your friends were engaging in the entire weekend. Like, did you go to sightsee or did you go to why vagina see? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Vaginas. So I was very, very disturbed. I was very disturbed. I don't know. I just to me, I just started to think like, man, are you how many other people are you coming back here and sleeping with and you're not protected and, you know, type of person to also shy away from the conversation of getting regular checks. Like it just never mm-hmm. sat right with me. And I, I hate to sound like I'm saying, oh, these women aren't doing that themselves or these women mm-hmm. are dirty. But I just felt I did. I, I felt like I, I not even I felt I did. I judged him in that moment and it, it kind of made me uncomfortable. No, I think sexual tourism is really uncomfortable. And like I said, I'm I'm pro ho, but like something about people leaving the country to go exploit women in another country, mm-hmm. that kind of does rub me the wrong way. And even if it was consensual, like it's the fact that I feel like you're doing something overseas that you feel like you can get away with that you would never do on yeah. your homeland. When we talk about sexual tourism and what that does for another country. So let's say the Philippines, for example. Do you know that they are selling their children on webcams for the purpose oh, webcams. of webcams on webcams? Yeah. And, and people can come out there in person and have sexual tourism, but they have a webcam business with their kids. <sighs> people are doing this to their children for American men, exploiting their children for this. And it's like, this is a hard conversation for me to have grace in because I don't do sexual abuse. Right. Period. 
that is the one thing I can't even fathom to think about a parent having to do that. It has to really tell like for me, it's like, yeah, something's already wrong with you. But how much money are these men paying you? The dollar amount has to be so good to them. They have to be so, you know, desperate for the money that they would do something like this. So traumatizing to their children. So I feel like when people travel overseas to have these experiences, they feed into that culture. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're not being mindful of your footprint, you know, your dollar going to that type of business overseas. It's like they're doing it because you're coming Mm -hmm. and you're putting these women and kids in danger. Have some decorum. (laughs) <laughs> right go overseas have some respect yeah. for people and their culture and their women if that if it's their men that's you know we can't really judge but for an american man to leave the soil and go to some other land and just sexually take from women and not do the shit at home yeah something's wrong come back yeah come back like everything's all good and gravy and it's not it's not like, like it like it never happened or something um oh i was on vacation no your mm, mind has been in the gutter for a long time and yeah you literally planned a trip around it it wasn't yeah. like a, hey this fell into my lap like you were oh we can go here we can go here you know you had a yeah. whole sexual tourist trip yeah. for two days all you were doing was going bonkers yeah and then you came home as if yeah i'm a normal guy no <laughs> i wouldn't say you're not normal for wanting sex like that's cool but like the way you went about it is a little untrustworthy to me. And like, what else are you doing? Right. And that was my mindset with this person. I can say that we haven't really been close since. I just couldn't. I don't know. I, I just couldn't get that out of my head. That was the your way intuition. You, it was. It was. I, I, you know, you. I. from that, I mean, there are a lot of things that has happened in my life where I have learned not to put anything past a person like you really don't know what someone is into and what someone is doing just by their outward appearance Mm -hmm. but that right there it didn't sit right with me and I don't know and this person travels frequently so Mm. now when I see when I see them posting stuff I'm like "Mm, what you doing over there yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) what you doing over there yeah you know but no and I mean I don't I don't judge you for that at all because that would have rubbed me the wrong way too for sure now if you're a hobbyist and you're just like cool i like you know having sex with providers i do it here i do it there i do it everywhere i would be like at least you're more upfront about it yeah it's the sneakiness like let me sneak off to another country trying to get away with it and no unless it's like amsterdam where it's it's legal you know i think also australia's i feel like australia is legal as well like if it's legal and you're partaking in legal activity cool but like Something that is still seedy, but it's like, it's really seedy. I don't know why. Whatever. I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. So I'm going to just shut up. I'm going to leave my opinion there. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. you be in a relationship with a current or past sex worker. And is there levels that are acceptable? I will say that we, I don't know if I could be with someone who is currently in the lifestyle, but I believe the past. Yeah. I feel like if that was your past, I could, I could possibly um, be in a relationship with you. And I think, I think about like, what if my boyfriend were to say, Hey, I used to be a sex worker or I dabbled in sex work a lot at this point in time. I feel like that that's your past. So, you know, we're, we're building something now, but if you were currently in sex work and wanting to be with me, I, I just don't think I could do it. And mm-hmm. I think it also depends on the type of work. Uh, would you consider adult film sex work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would. So, 
even solo like if you just in the bathroom doing your thing by yeah. yourself i'm like oh you a sex worker you know like yeah it's levels but yeah you still in the business you still yeah. servicing you know these people online <laughs> i don't i feel like i feel like i would be very insecure mm-hmm. you know like you're sleeping with hundreds of people a week. <laughs> Am I even satisfying you? Like, this is your job. Like, your job is yeah. to lie to these people. So, I, I didn't right, you lying to me? Too. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't know if I have the confidence. I don't know if I could do it. For me, I feel like, yeah, past, depending on, you know, like what was involved, I date men. So, you know, if you were like a masseuse or something and like, you know, taking your business, you know, a little, a little down south, <laughs> I would be like, okay, like, that's interesting. Like, you know, I, that would have to stop, you know, but um, you, did your th- <laughs> you did your thing, cool, whatever, major coins. I just don't want to hear about it. But if it was like on camera, I would feel a little bit more nervous. Like if people would be like, I saw your man or like, I don't know if I could do that, you know? Yeah. yeah you know, like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, I don't need you to know what I'm working if with. You look familiar. Ooh, no. <laughs> I no, knew no, no, I no. knew you from somewhere. Can I get your autograph? <laughs> I would be like, oh God, just like, just evaporate me. Right? That's you. <laughs> Not backbuster. <laughs> oh man, I got the whole backburster series. Like, <laughs> <laughs> handle it like now you know we just walking on the street and now somebody know my whole business i have <laughs> been in a relationship with a sex worker in the past actually the first person i've ever been with intimately is currently a pimp now he wasn't um you know a pimp at the time and i didn't even really know he had aspirations until like six months into us kind of messing around together and i'm like okay you know like i gotta claim that now like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of one of the things that I'm just like, yeah, that happened and you know, he's he's a pimp now, you know. Before we move on, <laughs> um when you were saying like about the uh, masseuse and I just want to know <laughs> you know these like sensual massages like these uh masseuse guys and they'll have like a their own little small business where they're basically rubbing you down in a very sexual way. Yes, I see them. Yes. Mhm. <laughs> Would one, would your partner trust you to go? <laughs> I wouldn't even trust myself because it's like, I'm going to be oh, real with you, Shay. If you rubbing me up my muscles, like my tension, I love to get massages. I get them frequently. And Sadell hates to rub my body, like, because I ask him so often. He'd be like, yeah. girl, if you ask me one more time. <laughs> You know, and it's just like if I had a man rubbing me, you know, they'd be getting in between the booty cheeks and like mm-hmm, they'd be mm-hmm. doing all these back stretches. I would really have to come home and be like, okay, we got to get to work. Like, <laughs> me and you, I would not really want to be in that situation because I can't, you know, I can't promise that I wouldn't be a little turned on. Yeah. So I wouldn't even put myself in that space. You know, and even when we get massages together, I'd be over there looking at him at the corner of my eye like you enjoying yourself a little too much. <laughs> Sit down and shut the hell up because it ain't that good. And he's like, <laughs> oh, my God. He used to have this masseuse named Tracy. Man, she was built like a wrestler, but she would work him. <laughs> out girl like he would be like where's tracy at and i feel like he was falling in love with her for real for real no joke and i was getting jealous low-key like i know you were "Uh uh-uh don't you want somebody else (laughs) (laughs) let me get tracy you don't want to stay with her 
Nah. Did you say y'all were fighting over her at one point? <laughs> we, we were. We were. Because she had... She, I've never seen him act like this after a massage. Like, we've had plenty of massages together. But Tracy was a god at whatever she did. And she had this man torn up. And he couldn't find her. She had left. And he was damn near in tears. And I was like, if you don't get your shit together, what is she doing? Is she giving you what I think she's giving you? Because why are you acting like this? Anyway, no shade to Tracy. Thank you for rubbing out my man's uh, back muscles so well that he still talk about you to this day. <laughs> You're probably like you don't do it like tracy no he sh- he sure does and i'm oh, like Lord. okay bet don't let me get up on here on smooth like butter page um instagram <laughs> <laughs> bodybuilder <laughs> bust your back out oh that man would be hot yeah. he would be so hot he would come snatch you up right about that masseuse chair let's go <laughs> what, what about you Oh my gosh, I kind of forgot the question. (laughs) (laughs) Could you get one of those body rubs? I'm curious. Oh, no. No, I could not. Mm -mm. I feel like, like, just like, like I can. Right. I, I, it is. Will said it is cheating. He said, hell no. (laughs) He said, hell no. But I can't lie. I have been a little bit tempted. I'm like, oh, that looks nice. It looks so good. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I'll be like, I'm. This is kind of pornish. Like, I know. Like, I gotta, let me know. scroll up. <laughs> you got your phone all super close. Yeah. Like, ooh, okay. <laughs> what you watching over there? Oh, just a masseuse. <laughs> Sensual massage. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll pass on that. But wait, I'm sorry, where were we at? We didn't got sidetracked, y'all. I'm so sorry. Is there a difference between a partner with a high body count and a sex worker? No, I'm gonna say no to that for real. Because sex is all about for me, like I said, an exchange. But I really am not too giving, you know, with myself. Yeah. Um, in that way, partly because I believe for me, this is just me. Sex involves a lot of energy, energy exchange, and like I don't want to carry people's energies with me. I'm very big on that. And like, even if, you know, God forbid me and Sado didn't work out, I would be very slow to hop back in the streets. Cause like yeah. my energy is everything. And like, I don't need no so ties with nobody for not had a total okay. of four boyfriends that includes Sado. Okay. And, and all three of them have engaged in sex work in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> so that'll save my life. Okay. I'm just letting y'all know that. <laughs> I yeah. feel like if you would have stayed in Pomona, it would have been that next one. Oh, for real. Like, and we're all from Pomona. So it was just, like I said, this was, this was my lifestyle at at one point. This is what I thought was, you know, normal for everybody. I didn't realize I was living in a bubble, was living in a small little bubble of like what sexuality and sex was. And it just so happened to be amongst people who looked at sex work as a a job that they aspired to do. And like, I can't judge. And I got to give myself grace too. Cause like, I didn't know any better. Let's do this. Is it is it a difference for you? I wouldn't say it is. I feel like I said, I agree with you. I think um just because one person is getting paid for something and you're not doesn't make you above them. You're still sleeping mm-hmm. with them and maybe there is an exchange. And I think about like these rappers like Drake and Future who have a very high body count and that's something that they talk about, they glorify it. I don't know. I, I It's a little bit frustrating because like it's acceptable with men, but let a woman have a high body count or even the same body count as you, you're turning up your nose. But yeah, I, I, um, I have nothing more to add to that. I just, I think it's a bunch of BS. 
And well, I'm a man, and I, I, you're taking in. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. The lock and the key, you know. Yeah, yeah I have yeah. a. You have a lock. I have a key. Not every lock is supposed to open up for every key. No, <laughs> if I got the master key. If I shut your ass up, <laughs> shut your ass down, and shut the hell up with a hard P. Okay. Anyway. Crazy, <laughs> like just shut up, ludicrous, oh. freaking ludicrous. Anyway. If you ask me that at this, like, say God forbid, but say Jay and I don't work out, and that even came up as a question. How old are you? Why are we asking this? Why does that matter? Yeah, are you like, childish? Okay. Well, what's your body count? Get the fuck by. Right. Why does it matter? What's your body count? It don't matter because I'm sure you're still inexperienced. I'm sure you still don't know how to have sex. Oh so. no, for real. This is for the guys out there. I'm I'm strictly speaking to the men that do this. Like, think about what you say before it comes out your mouth because a woman's sexuality. And how many people she's slept with or exchanged, you know, her body with. That's her business. Mm-hmm. End of discussion. But I have a question. So what's the difference between paying for sex work and paying for porn? I truly don't feel like. I, okay. I will say the only difference is uh, one involves you and the other you're a spectator, you know, mm-hmm. but but you're still in in a way you're still involved in that act. Like you're watching sex. You're getting pleasure out of seeing someone being pleasured or pleasuring or even just the exchange. And I'm sure at some point you're like, you envision yourself in that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in sex work, it's like, I'm just taking it to that next step, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really speaking for like, maybe like someone who's a trick. I'm not necessarily talking about the actual provider, but I really, I, I don't see a difference. And, and just speaking on providers, you know, if you are in the streets versus on TV, in some way, you're still selling your body. They may not be able to touch you, but you're still getting paid for this. You're still getting paid to perform in a way. What about you? I would say there's a difference, but something did change my mind recently. I watched this movie called Shame. And it was about a man who was a, who is a sex addict. And like, it shows the trials and tribulations of like what sex addiction looks like. What really got me, it was like, he was so addicted to like sexual experiences. He had this personalized lady that he would webcam with. Hmm. And like something had happened and she was like, you know, interacting with him. Like they were having, you know, sex over the webcam. And I'm like, you're, you're engaging in sex at that point. Yeah. Like, even though this is on a computer screen, like if you're calling in on a hotline on like a dial up sex phone line, you're engaging in sex work. So what's the difference? What, what's the difference between that and you meeting up with somebody in person? Right. Still in that interaction. So I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say, no. kind of disagree. <laughs> But I mean, we're we're now getting into like a heavy spot. So if you guys want to stop here, I will let you know we're going to move into like the pimping and prostitution aspect of this conversation. Extra warning on top of the trigger warning that we already provided. This will include sounds from some videos. They will be a little hard to listen to. It does involve abuse. It does involve some things that may make you a little uncomfortable. So if you do not want to hear anything like that, I'm telling you to exit here. We love you. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. For those of you who stayed, thank you for still rocking with us. This is um this is this is a this is the one that has put a toll on us a little bit, but we're gonna get into it. So Shay, you have the first question. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, is there a difference between human trafficking and pimping? Okay, this is a great question. So human trafficking is the unlawful act of transporting or coercing people in order to benefit from their work or service, typically in the form of forced labor or sexual exploitation. 
A pimp is a person who controls prostitutes and arranges clients for them, taking part of their earnings in return. We'll get more into like pimping later, but really pimps are supposed to be, it's really about managing with a pimp. Managing and it's supposed to be consensual, supposed mm-hmm. to be consensual. But trafficking is I'm kidnapping you. I am forcing you. Is there any stigmas about pimps, providers? Why is this such a prominent part of Black culture and mm-hmm. music and fashion for sure? Yeah, it is definitely music and fashion. Um, My stigma, I would say that all pimps are gorilla pimps. What most people assume is like it's abusive. You know, like a mm-hmm. pimp and prostitute relationship is always forcing her taking her money um yeah not really giving her the stuff that she needs to survive just kind of using her body for them to make it through the day meanwhile these girls are out here taking on the workload and not taking any benefits so that's what i would say the stigma is and also women who work with pimps people all assume like you know on the flip side that she's being abused that she doesn't want to be there that she was taken being taken advantage of so what do you think about that I mean, I have been that person to think that I um, and I know this is kind of going to go into your next question about like my thoughts on pimping. But I feel like what does she really need you here for? Like, what are you what are you doing for her? It's it's and let me not just say her for this person. They're the ones selling their body. They're the ones getting the money for this. Mm -hmm. You are there to protect for me personally, I think that if she or they, if they need protection, they need to just hire some sort of security. Mm-hmm. They need to just have like someone that knows how to handle a gun. Because to me, these pimps are scam artists. And somehow they've, they have you fooled that you need them in a sense. How the hell are you going to take, how, how is this person putting themselves on the line? And that's with sleeping with these strangers, potentially having some sort of disease, potentially getting pregnant, potentially being killed, and you're going to take majority of their earnings? If not all. Gonna, if not all. If not all. And I I, it, I really think back to two people. And I'm sorry if you were planning on mentioning oh, no, no. but Talk I think back to that movie Zola, mm-hmm. how, you know, she was the one that upped the price she was the one that was picking out the clientele. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this girl was basically selling herself for less than eight dollars <laughs> or less than a, a, a check that you could make at a, at a regular nine to five. She was the one orchestrating all of this. Uh, when the pimp came in or what was it the next day was upset that she wanted some money after she done sucked and did whatever the entire night. And your excuse was, well, I got to I gotta clothe you. I got to house you. I got to do this. And I think that's another issue that I had with hustle and flow. Mm-hmm. What? Like, you you got me in this shack of a home <laughs> and you're taking my money to basically house yourself. But you're struggling as well. Mm-hmm. And not to jump around, but I think that's why, you know, in our past, I was so fascinated with Pretty Ho and what was the other one's name? Fine Ho. Fine Ho. Pretty Ho and Fine Ho because they was out there doing it themselves. They were they were the ones out there, you know, deciding who they were going to sleep with. At least that's mm-hmm. what it seemed like um, through like whatever we were using to watch them. But um, that's what it seemed like. And I'm like, and they didn't have no no pimp, nobody trying to basically be like a gross sister trying to get their cut of their money. Mm-hmm. you're not what are you doing a lot of times they like and i'm not saying that 
protection isn't needed because it absolutely is. But I just wish, I just wish they had like other alternatives. Like, why do you need this? I don't know, this muscle to protect you when they're the ones actually harming you and keeping your funds. So, Mm. Oh no, we'll get into it. And I hope my questions and answers to what I found gives you some insight. Initial thoughts on pimping and do you think they're necessary? I feel like you touched on it, but if you have some more to add, I'm definitely wanting to hear that. Okay. Um, so I know I kind of skipped um, and I know we were talking about like the stigmas, uh, but I just wanted to say like when it comes to like pimps and that whole pimp culture, I know that we're fascinated with the lifestyle. We've always been, there's always been a fascination with the slickness in a pimp's walk and their talk and how they dress, how they carry themselves, how they've been able to basically control the minds of these women, get out there and do exactly what I said, not bad an eye. Think like that's normal. That's what I need to do. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, I haven't engaged in pimp music or I haven't found entertainment in pimps like, like you said earlier, like Money Mike or the pimp named Slickback, which is basically the same person, like (laughs) that entire culture, or that I don't know a few sugar-free songs or I don't have a few sugar-free songs in my phone, in my playlist. Right now. Or do or die. Like, all these, all these prominent pimp figures, yes, I have engaged, but I also get upset with myself and society because it's like we idolize these pimps and then shame these women. That's all. Ooh. That's the last thing I had to add. Yes, to yes. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I didn't even think about saying that, but I feel it. I feel you. And that's why this is the podcast that we're dedicating to them because they deserve their roses too, you know? They are, these women, like you said, are putting their life on the line. It's not always about, oh, I just want money, money, money. Like people are feeding their families. People are forced into this life. Some people do, yeah, enjoy sex. And that's great too. Don't ever take away from what the woman is doing and then praise the man for taking advantage and manipulating his situation. Because realistically, men, yeah, you could say there's, there's all kinds of providers men could sell themselves too right and i'm talking about heterosexual men and men that are not heterosexual that are probably fluid even transgender right mm-hmm. and that goes for transgender men and transgender women like there's a space for everybody in the game i'm not judging majority of providers like i'm talking about on the street on the blades you know on the stroll those are women yeah, can question. you define that? The stroll, the blade, the blade, a track. It is pretty much where it's a street. Most you know, like Figueroa or Holt, um, Long Beach Boulevard, where providers will solicit their business. Okay, so that's what the blade is. I wanted to get into like what my initial thoughts were on it. I honestly thought that a lot of pimps acted as boyfriends. Even the pimp that did my tattoo on my foot. Like the way his woman was with him, she was just cuddly, you know, had her arms around him all the time. Like almost kind of like how a a woman would act with her boyfriend that they just got, that she just got Mm. in a relationship with. Or like how a little girl would act with her father. Like a very young love, but like she was just very clingy. And he Mm. seemed like he was very supportive of her. And there was some red flags, like, you know, she wasn't really allowed to speak without being spoken to. Like, she was extremely submissive. You know, even the other women in the house were, like, you know, blabbing and having a good old time. But she was kind of just silent. Like, and if no one spoke to her, she was not 
supposed to speak. So it was just like little things that I noticed. I, you know, I just thought they were boyfriends or like manager types. And Sugar Free being Pomona royalty, like the game was just, they're, they're all a part of it. Like it's just mm-hmm. a part of the culture. What the game is, right? When I say the game, so the game is the subculture of prostitution. And this is complete with rules, a hierarchy of authority and language. So we talk about 304, you know, we talk about squares. That's the language, a trick, you know, even terms like blowjob, BJs, like stuff like that. Like that's all a part of the game. And then yeah. you have like your pimps, you have, you know, renegade hoes. A renegade hoe is a, 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 a woman who's working without a pimp. Mm. Is it a necessity? It depends. I feel like it's a catch-22, honestly. Pimps are technically, I'm going to talk about the right pimp. I'm talking about pimps that are consensual, that love on their girls, that are really doing the job and really putting in the work and really like about the game and playing fairly. Pimps are technically supposed to help you elevate and manage your money. And the manage the money part is difficult because you hear that and you're kind of like, well, can't a woman manage her own money? If I'm making thousands a night, I don't need nobody to manage my money. Right. But realistically, when you're getting money so fast, I don't know if you've ever got fast money. Mm-hmm. I got some fast ass money, okay? I was making, I'm not going to tell you what I was doing, but damn near went to jail. I was making <laughs> racks, okay? Racks over the weekends for legal purposes. This is a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Just as fast as that money came, that money yep. went. Mm-hmm. I was spending thousands in a weekend how and why i was still driving around a little broke down chevrolet (laughs) cavalier and where was my money going so it's not that easy and they're kind of like yeah i get money every day like i'm gonna just do what i do so they're supposed to help you invest in your future invest in this dream of like taking care of you making sure that you have all the stuff that you need and your money's not just flying out your pocket as soon as you get it it does end up a lot of times being they take everything and you don't see a dollar of that money. Mm. But yeah, they're supposed to help you elevate. And yeah, I do have a quick snippet that I want to play so we can actually hear from somebody who is in the life and not just me, someone who's a square outsider. So I'm going to play that clip now. Is there any reason that a girl would have a pimp, a respectable pimp? That Well, nine times out of 10, hoes are not, we're not business oriented, you know, and we're not, how do I say it? Good with money. Yeah, we're not good with money. In fact, in fact, I think a lot of them are very bad at, with money. Yeah, very bad. Because you always think, like, I could go out and make some more. Like, a bitch will make, like, a really nice trap and spend that whole shit and be like, oh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go make the same amount tomorrow. But what if you don't make anything tomorrow? Or what if it's slow out there? Or what if you don't make as much as you did yesterday? You know, and I guess a pimp, they they help you with that money managing. Yeah. So that is, you know, that perspective from a provider's standpoint. I do want to talk about a book that I read to prepare for this. It's called The Pimp Game Hall of Fame, The Pimp's Playbook to Psychology, Pimpology and Pimp Strategy. Now, I read this entire book because I just wanted to hear it from two different perspectives and to really understand how how the pimp sees himself in, in these women's lives. So he compared the business of pimping to the business of people working in corporate America. Mm. And he said, businesses pimp their employees by giving them pay, but just enough to pay to survive. So they have to keep coming back. And he said that prostitution is the way of the corporation. 
He said a pimp. He said a pimp simply takes the product of pussy and female companionship and brings it to the marketplace to sell it. So he provides the clientele, <laughs> and then how they actually get women to say yes to this is a different story, which I'll talk about in just a second. So he just sees himself as a manager, managing money, bringing women to the clientele, right? A big thing that you hear, you know, from pimps is the game is to be sold, not told. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I've heard that. So what that means when you hear about it, it could mean a hundred different things. Like if someone's trying to get involved in like pimping, it's like, okay, I could teach you, but like, the game is to be sold, not told. Like, I'm not about to just be teaching you for free. Same thing mm-hmm. goes for with these women who hop into this game and are looking for guidance from men on how to, like, manage clients, how to be professional, how to dress, how to look, how to talk. It's like, mm-hmm. I can't just give you this information for free. Therefore, right. you're going to need it to invest in me and my dream and my future. And that way I can get you right to get you to the top. And then you have to also put into perspective that these are women and we are always going to have this difference in power, men and women. We are not the same physically. If a man doesn't have anything to sell and the product is mainly vagina that's being sold, he's like, how do I capitalize on this? How do I get involved? How do I get skin in the game? When I'm not bringing nothing to the table, okay, protection. And if you have a bunch of pimps who are kind of like on the same wave, like, oh, if this person's out here without a pimp, we about to do X, Y, and Z to them, then women are going to start flocking. There's a need for them in the market because they created a space. Now, when it comes to like what kind of pimps are there, there are really like three different, but I'm only going to talk about two ones. So the first ones you have are like finesse pimps, like they pimp with their mouth and psychology, like, and they're Mm, really all about like talkers um manipulation mm-hmm. um giving love sometimes like the boyfriend kind of pimp like oh i love mm-hmm. you you're my girl and like hey i need your help like we need money to survive now you're kind of like okay well i love you you've been with me for six months like we gotta get this money together or just like hey i'm gonna give you the game it's either you're gonna take it or not you know but i'm gonna make you giving away for free anyway but when it comes to the actual psychology of this there was a beautiful quote from the book when I say beautiful I'm being sarcastic there's this thing called the pimp pyramid um, and how to keep her dependent and imagine a food chain and at the bottom of the food chain right the biggest portion you have the physiological needs so he says you have to meet a woman's needs and then use that against her to manipulate her so let's say you meet someone who is without a home obviously Mm. the physiological needs will be food water and warmth and rest so it's like, hey, you know what? You out here on the street. I got you. Let me give you a home. Let me give you something to eat. Oh, but what you going to do for it? Mm-hmm. Right. And then once you get there, women are like, OK, I got what I needed. Let me get up out of this situation. Then it turns into safety needs. Like you need safety out there. You need security. You're not safe. You're a woman. These are your basic levels. Then you move up to psychological. And this is women who need to feel belongingness and love. So it's like, intimate relationship and friends like if you're looking for that relationship you never have with your father or Mm. I wasn't you know treated right it's like I could be your boyfriend but you're gonna have to do this for me in exchange I could sleep with you and hold you at night and this this levels y'all and then it's like we go up into the esteem needs so it's like if you don't need any of this and it's just like okay I feel good about myself I don't really need that okay yeah but you know what you're a little big men don't like big women but I know some who do and I know he gets some money based off, you know? So it's like, let's go ahead and dig into that. And then at the very mm-hmm. top, it's called self-actualization and it's achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. And you know, that phrase where people say selling dreams, like, oh, he be yeah. selling dreams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Men in this game sell dreams to women. Oh, you want to be an author? Okay, well, you need X amount of money. You need a story. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to be a nurse? How are you going to put yourself through school? If you fuck with me, 
we could have a whole mansion. We could have kids. We could have a white house. We could have whatever that is, whatever their dream is. It's like invest in me. I can make it happen. And then what ends up happening is these women fall for this manipulation tactic and they end up staying with these pimps and never seeing a dollar. So that is that process there. And then when we come into the other pimp, which is called a gorilla pimp. And a gorilla pimp is the one that you're probably most used to where slapping people around, Mm -hmm. doing it by force and intimidation. And this is where you can lead to like that trafficking incident that we're talking about. And this happens quite often. It is necessary for women to understand what abuse and manipulation is before even getting in the game. Like I'm not in the game. This is just my advice as an outsider. And it's easier said than done than done. I've never got down on a blade. I've never had a date with a man. I've never done any of this. So what I'm saying should be taken with a grain of salt. But there's a book out there called The 48 Laws of Power that I encourage women to read because these men read it. And I'm not saying you have to read it and be on the shit that they're on, but how do you protect yourself against this type of manipulation and psychological warfare? You come prepared. Women need to know how to prepare themselves against narcissistic men who know how to use their insecurities or all these needs that we discussed to get what they want out of you. If you're considering, well, why don't she just, you know, do it by herself? Why does she need a pimp? There is another video that I have on what pimps do to renegade hoes, a woman without a pimp, a worker without a pimp. So I'm going to go ahead and play that. And then we're going to come back and finish up with your final thought. The ways to get a bitch right. You feel me? Like you can't walk our blades. And you a renegade. You have to be paying somebody, bitch. You can't be out here selling pussy and you ain't paying nobody. You know what I'm saying? You can easily come up missing forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this shit real. So, yeah, like burning bitches with cigarette butts, uh, putting cigarettes yeah. on bitches, uh, all type of shit, man. Pouring bleach on bitches, making bitches uh, bathe in bleach, bath water, uh, Putting bitches in the shower, closing the door on them, turning the hot water in, making them call you daddy while the the hot water on. You feel me? And telling her like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man, from now on, I'm daddy. That's what you call me. Ooh. And, you know, I'm not even going to lie. Just hearing him saying that. That's why that whole, just that whole clip, it, it makes me uncomfortable you know, with the whole, like, let me, you call me dad, like men wanting other women to call them daddy. And I think that also plays into like a lot of women who have daddy issues. It's like, uh, you are terrorizing these women because they, they have this strength to them or they have this like eagerness or willingness to want to do this for themselves. Mm. The way he was just like, oh, you can't be on our blade. Like, Mm-hmm. because I don't want to give you money no because by you being on our blade doing it by yourself you could influence our women or our people who we have up under us to get rid of us it's like what you represent is harmful to my money so mm-hmm. that's why they do that and then by doing so it instills fear in the women that and people that they have up under them and it's just a cycle. It's just the game. It's just it's unfair. It's rigged. So yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys. And the next time you have, you know, questions or concerns about or even thoughts about pimping and like what that means and how is there a need for them? Not all pimps are bad. I'm not going to say that too. Some pimps really stand by what they do and they're loving towards their people and it's just all business. I will say that. Is it a little bit more rare? Maybe. Do they get paid fairly? I don't know. You know, like we would really have to get somebody on the podcast 
that has gone through this life to really answer that question because we are not qualified simply because we've never done it a day in our life. I just wanted to present that to you guys and, you know, moving on out of pimping. Um, we have a few questions here. So do you believe there is white privilege in sex work? Mm, I do. I absolutely do. And I just want to specifically highlight, um, sex work, prostitution, sex work. And I'm sorry, I know that's not the proper term or, um, yeah, no, no, it's all good. I just say provider because I didn't want it to hurt people's ears, but it <laughs> is, it's hard. It's interchangeable. I don't know too much about it, but I can just go off of like some of the things that I've seen when it comes to white women in this, in this lifestyle. I think, um, people tend to pity them more. Um, but they don't hold them those same sentiments to BIPOC people. Mm. It's kind of like this was done to you versus with us. It's this was your choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do. Most people, most pimps really do try to get, you know, a white girl in their situation because they make more money off of them. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's, that's very common. If you have like a white girl on your team, you know, like you're really one of the, you're that guy. Like she's Mm. for sure bringing you money, buku bucks. And it's like black women are the lowest on the totem pole. There was a snippet even in that video where he talks about like if you got you a, a, a asian woman or a white woman like you'll never have to put your hands on them ever but you you get you a black girl you for sure gonna be smacking her around and it was like even this man right here absolutely buku crazy right but you would have compassion over people who are not your people and he was like and the reason why i feel that way is because like you know black women will look at you like like they yo yo your people your brother your sister and like they thought they on the same level of respect and he was like you also have to re- remember like black women be getting stuff by themselves so they have their own level of like dominance and holding themselves to this higher standard like we're equals as a white woman or an asian woman are like automatically su- submissive i'm just repeating what he said i don't believe this right he's but breaking them down basically he's, he's breaking them down and it's like it is very much a privilege to be a non-person of color especially black in this you get more money more tricks once you um you're not abused as often and i feel like they just have this overall level of like escortism higher class you know no you're still doing the same shit i'm doing but you're looked at in a different light thank you for bringing that up because i didn't even think about it like that and as you were saying that i went back to that movie Zola and I'm sorry to keep using that, but from the Twitter thread to that we read years ago, like this was actually her life. Like some of it might've been fabricated, but I do remember seeing her in an interview just recently. And she said that actually happened. Men, the men that were coming in were ready to pay top dollar. And I remember one specific part in that scene where the white dude came to the door and when she answered it, he was almost disgusted. Like I thought it was the white girl or I thought Mm -hmm. it was the white girl. If you think back to the movie, I can't remember her name, but she was very submissive. She was very much like, oh, don't let him see how much money you made mm-hmm. or very much. I'm going to do what this man says very much. You can't save me mentality because her boyfriend was there, too. And it was just it was a no go. But what was Zola doing? She had she had questions. She had concerns. She was talking back. She was not not about to just like put up with anything. Mm-hmm. And she was putting her foot down for the most part. And I think whether it's pimping or whether it's in relationships, that's just who we are as black women. 
we're not going to just let you lead us anywhere. We're not in, even in uh, sex work. We're not going to just let you lead us. We're not just going to go with the flow of things for the most part. And I'm going to yeah. say it's, it doesn't happen all the time, but for the most part, you're not just going to say something to me and it, that's going to be it. How you react to that is, well, I'm going to have to break you down. I'm going to have to put my hands on you. I'm going to have to show you who that we are not equals. Right. That this is not family. I'm not your brother. I'm not whoever you think I am. I am this person above you and you will listen to me. I don't know. It just, just hearing you say that. And I do have a curiosity to uh, check out that video, but I know that I'm going to be so mad because it's shit like that, that gets into our minds of, well, would we be, would we be better off if we were just submissive? If we were just listen, would we be Mm. more desirable if we would just do these things? And part of me is like, fuck that. If you, if you can't get with who I am, then get up out of here. I don't, I don't know. Like that, that kind of, I know I'm all over the place right now, but it's just, um, that was hard to listen to. And it was hard to hear from you. It's very difficult. And this is why I've kind of been in a funk about this stuff. Cause this is heavy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, really quickly we this this space that we're curating for these listeners and for ourselves is really to promote healing and overall like growth within the communities that we're talking to and it's hard sometimes to be a light bearer and like present this information because that's also energy in the midst of me going through my own experiences and working through that shadow work and then also trying to get information and reading these books and trying to find these interviews and find the information to present to you guys I had to bear the weight of all of this you know and it really messed me up because it's like damn it's it's men like that walking around willy-nilly laughing about that making it humble you you know so it's just like I give these women props. You are some of the most bravest women I've ever seen in my life. I don't care what nobody says about you, how you feel about yourself, who is judging you. You're dealing with people like this on a daily basis, not to mention the clientele. When I say the energy, you know, transfer, what about these men? They're abusive, they're rapists, and you're taking that on. Murderers out there. You're taking on that energy. And it's like, if you look at it, it's like they're taking one for the team because that's one less person on the street walking around a civilian that has to put up with this man's shit. Yeah. Even if it's just for a night, even if it's just for that moment. What about the person that is on the verge of raping somebody every single day? Every single day. Women get raped out here all day long. Unsuspecting women. What about those men who say, you know what? I could rape somebody, but I'm gonna go down. I'm just gonna pay for it. Let me get this out of my system. We don't know what people think how they perceive their sex, what they're doing. What if they have a a fetish that their wife won't fulfill? Slapping, hitting, hurting her, doing things that she's uncomfortable with. Someone's out there doing it. I'm not condoning anybody cheating on their husband or wife. I'm just stating the facts. Because the truth is, is that they are out there cheating. A lot of these people do have relationships and children and they're regular people in our society and they're going down here for a reason. And these women are doing these services with these men. And even if it's an interpersonal battle of like, this person is probably not clean. This person is probably not. When I say clean, I'm talking about hygienic wise and also disease free. Yeah. Think about that before you judge, you know? So I, I just want to give them their flowers. And then um, my question, Shay, um, I know I'm asking you all the questions, but <laughs> do you believe that people could still do sex work and be considered religious or spiritual? Absolutely. I feel like sex work 
sex in general is just another sin, quote unquote, but that doesn't take away from who they are as people. That doesn't take away from, you know, their experiences, their relationship, whoever they believe in or to a higher power that shouldn't take away from it. Mm -hmm. And if you are religious, if you are spiritual, shame on you for trying to make them feel less than. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of um, holier, mm-hmm. holier than thou sinners up in the church right now, mm-hmm. um, casting their judgments. But they've probably done some, you know, similar things. They've probably done something worse. Mm-hmm. They probably, I, I mean, everybody sins on a daily basis. But I, you know, they've probably done some real despicable things, and they like to turn up their nose. But I would never tell a person that just because you're out here getting your money that you don't know God mm-hmm. or you don't know that there is a higher power. Mm-hmm. or you're not connected to yourself. I feel like people are absolutely able to separate the two. This is work, but this is who I really am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I absolutely agree. I feel like God is within us all. Everybody is your superior in some way, shape or form. And when you think about that, it's like that person may have talents you could only imagine you having or only wish that you have. And just because their line of work is there doesn't mean that God isn't showing up for them in that way. And it's like, it's not up to us to make anyone feel like they are less than valuable of that divinity and love. Cause you don't know how God shows up for that person, how God speaks to that person. But last question of the day, (laughs) did any information that we discussed here change your mind about sex work? Yeah, honestly, it did. I think I'm shying away from doing the whole like, oh, woe is me, like my thoughts on like, you know, why they're in that thinking that it's not something that's liberating. I feel like I feel like you did a good job of really just bringing us into a world that I won't say that you were in, but that you grew up around. I want to thank you for that. I thank you for even bringing up this topic because it really made me think about that friend that I had. And like I said, if she's ever listening to this, I just want to thank you. You were such an amazing friend to me. You welcomed me with open arms when I was just this 11th grader with no friends because I just moved to the state and I <laughs> I felt like a loner and you know, you never you never put you never tried to like push anything up on me. You were just that, just a friend. I still don't like real life pimps, but I do like fake pimps. Like, (laughs) and I can't even say that he's a fake pimp, but I do like fake pimps like Cat Williams. (laughs) And I probably still will listen to pimp music. But I think now um, after having this discussion, I I may have like some thoughts to that. Like, I'll listen to this, but I don't trust (laughs) you. I don't trust you, man. I don't trust you, you know? So uh, this was... Yeah, this was a more heavy topic, but I think it was so necessary and we can't just shy away from it. And, you know, if you are a person that knows someone in sex work or tends to turn up your nose at people who are involved in this lifestyle, like, why don't you reach out to them and just talk to them, have a conversation with them? Mm -hmm. You never know. You may have someone that's in your life right now that has a, a past in this you would probably be blown away by the stories that they have to share. I just want to say always move in love and always move in acceptance and know that, you know, what other people do is not contagious. <laughs> you may not agree with sex work, but that doesn't mean that it's going to rub off on you. Yeah, there are things and people that can be in- influenced but or influential, but if you're not someone that's easily influenced, then you have nothing to worry about. You're your own individual. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah. But um, just... As people, I just hope that we do better and we um, be a little bit kinder to people, especially if they're in sex work because you don't know their story. 
Mm. Well said, my love. Well said. Um, I don't really have any, you know, difference of opinion because I laid it out on the table. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening, you know, to this episode. I know it was a little shaky and a little <laughs> stressful. And, you know, and Shay, I appreciate it. It was beautifully said. Just stepping into like a piece of me and like what makes me who I am, you know, and we all have our things that are a little dark and grim and a little less, like I said, desirable. And this is a part of me that I absolutely have to heal and accept. Like through this work today, I was able to process out a lot of things I was harboring, a lot of situations that took place, a lot of the men that I involved myself with, a lot of the experiences that I had with people that were involved in this game and how it kind of shaped my life. Mm. and the insecurities and doubts that I felt and even researching, you know, conversations that I had back in like 2010, 2009, I was like, this girl was just going through so much. (laughs) And Mm. I appreciate her for showing up. And I'm talking about myself for showing up the way that she did and protecting me the way that she did. And I'm so glad to have known her, but she is at this point, no longer here (laughs) and um you know I had to really work through this this was some real stuff you know so that's it I just wanted to say thank you guys for always listening and we will see you next episode bye